standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, before we get started, yes, there will be politics involved because Stephen Bassett is here. And we're going to talk about UFO disclosure. Most importantly, as we record this show, it's Thursday, November 12th. You'll be hearing it on the 15th of November. And we are, of course, as listeners outside of the U.S. may not realize, living in two realities here. There is Earth One, which we sometimes call Earth Prime, and there is Earth Two, which we call Earth Two. Now, what this means is that there's a large number of people who will tell you that as a result of the election and the counting that has gone on so far, that Joseph Biden is the president-elect. There are other people who will say that massive voter fraud has been proven and therefore Trump will still be president. On the other hand, no court has concluded that. And a survey of all the executives in charge of voting in the 50 states by the AP and New York Times has revealed no indication of voter fraud. So we're not going to get into that. We'll just assume for the time being is that the election has gone to Biden and that any of the things that relate to UFO disclosure will depend on that. Stephen Bassett, do you think that sums it up? I agree. We have to go on the basis of what uh, we know and make the, the best assessment in terms of the election outcome. I've read plenty about it, Lord knows. And uh, I have to assume with high, relatively high confidence that uh, Biden is going to be uh, inaugurated on the 20th of January. OK, so let's go on that assumption here. Now, during the campaign, I do not recall Biden saying anything or Harris saying anything with regard to UFO disclosure. This is very unlike as it was during the 2016 campaign where Secretary Clinton was very vocal when asked about wanting a UFO investigation. So Biden has said nothing. Are you aware of anything different? No, he hasn't said anything. And by the way, all of those comments from the Clinton team in that last election, that was my doing. As I've told you in the past, that was a project that I initiated and uh, essentially generated that media coverage. I was a little bit disappointed with Obama because I, I know that in one of your previous interviews, you know, you were thinking that Obama was going to be the disclosure president. And I was hopeful because I think personally that he's been one of the best presidents that you guys have had in many years. And yet his he was rather dismissive of the whole thing. Uh, when he was asked about life on other worlds, he says, well, I don't know about life on other worlds, but I know that there's life here. And then he got a whole great big round of applause. And, and it just seemed to really trivialize the whole thing. And so that was a bit of a disappointment. Now, we're talking about Obama when he was president, becoming the disclosure president. Right. And this okay. was. Yeah. And you were you were commenting about that, thinking that he probably would be. And then when he was asked about it during one of his interviews, that was his response. And and uh, so, I mean, do you feel sort of uh, let down by Obama in some ways on that? Uh, not exactly. I didn't say he probably would be. This is much uh, it's a lot very complicated. Essentially, 
Clinton's intention on the ET issue in her first campaign is not not clear. I was not in a position to really do much. I tried to get the Clinton ET connection into the media, but I was in a much different place than I was eight years later. So I, I didn't really get much coverage. It was much not coverage. She didn't really have to respond uh, during the debates and so forth. Uh, and before you knew it, she was uh, out of the she had lost lost essentially the nomination. So now Obama comes in. And the situation then, from my perspective, was this. I knew about the Clinton ET connection, uh, all the way back to the Rockefeller Initiative. I felt that if she won the presidency in, in 2008, that she probably was going to open those doors. But I didn't feel as strongly as I did eight years later. Uh, so the situation with the ET issue is unknown. Now, there were two problems. One, for Clintons, for the Clintons to, to sort of read uh, Obama into their strategies about the ET issue would have not served them. In other words, they would have might resulted in him being the disclosure president. I don't think she wanted that. She wanted to be the disclosure president. She understood how big a legacy that was. On the other hand, it was clear, I think, to them early on that he was going to serve for eight years. And the evidence and the progress of the disclosure movement was not going to stop. It was going to continue forward. There's going to be more, more uh, things happening, and there were, to uh, increase the pressure on the truth embargo. It might cave in. So they were kind of in a dilemma there. Do we, do we, do we tell them uh, our thoughts? Do we kind of hold back, see what happens? I don't know what took place in the early days uh, of, the, of the Obama administration. But I did raise the point in a couple of interviews that given the fact that the Clinton ET thing was out there, uh, given the fact that he had brought uh, her into the administration, had made Podesta his campaign chairman, uh, brought uh, Leanne Panetta into the, into the administration, that there was a clear overlap. And it, it was very possible that the Clintons might conclude that rather than risk, well, conclude that it might be best to go ahead and maybe uh, assist uh, Barack Obama to be the disclosure president, which was fine with me. And we targeted his administration. I mean, there was plenty of stuff aimed at the administration to try to force it, uh, it to address the issue. You remember the we the people and the petitions and all that stuff. Um, and um, but uh, Obama walked into a, a financial crisis, extraordinary financial crisis, which tied his hands for some time. He also was dealing with an extraordinarily recalcitrant and difficult uh, Senate, um, bitter bipartisanship. It's going to be very difficult to get anything done. So, frankly, the ET thing was not on his table. Now, did at some point the Clintons uh, bring him into the picture? I think they did, but it was toward the end. As he's he's in the deep into the second term, I think she is seeing that okay, this is not going to happen under his term. It's going to be mine. Uh, but nevertheless, it, it would probably be a good idea for him to get a sense of where things are going. And that is why I think he brought Podesta into uh, the White House to be an advisor uh, in the last uh, 13, 14 months of his administration. Well, actually, let me take that back. It was um, uh, not the last 13 months. From uh, about January of 2014 through February 2015, he brought Podesta into his administration for reasons that were never clear. And I think that's when he probably got briefed about where things were going. And where things were going was the To the Stars Academy, that something was going on in the Pentagon. 
So I think he got, got tipped off there. So I'm not disappointed he didn't disclose. I understand fully why that just wasn't possible. Uh, and you may recall that during the campaign uh, uh, for her election, when uh, because of all the articles that were being written about the ET issue and her, which, again, was that was my project. That's what I was doing in D.C., was driving those pieces into the media. Uh, he eventually he went on Kimmel. He went on Ella DeGeneres and he took ET questions. Uh, he handled them deftly. Uh, he wasn't really dismissive or ridiculing, but he handled them. And in other words, he was he was playing along. You know, she went on Kimmel. Podesta went on a couple of shows. Uh, her husband, Bill Clinton, went on Kimmel. So he was part of the how would you say bread breadcrumbs that they were tossing out to the media, which generated even more media, setting the stage for what was to come. So in that sense, I think he did his part. Now, once Trump wins. She goes silent, Bill goes silent, and he goes silent. In other words, they, they completely stay away from the ET issue, which I think most journalists didn't even note. Meaning, wow, you're talking about the ET issue like for a year and a half, and you're on these shows and so forth, and you lose, and suddenly you're not talking about it anymore, like it's not an issue anymore? Of course, I understood why. we got more to come with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> Paracast people, I'm Greg Carlwood, the host of the Higher Side Chats podcast, an uninterrupted and action-packed interview-based show where I talk to some of the brightest minds for our troubled times about all things paranormal, occult, esoteric, and conspiratorial. After 10 years, we've heard it all. Alien moon bases, archons, hollow earth, technocratic and biomedical agendas, magic, mind control, and Lovecraftian monsters. Oh my. Usually, the first hour of the show is free, and the second hour is for members who sign up for the Higher Side Chats Plus at $8 a month. But praise be, we're giving Paracast listeners two free weeks of Plus when you use the all-caps coupon code PARACAST. Go to thehiresidechats.com, sign up with the code PARACAST, and dive into the nearly never-ending archive of great interviews I've been lucky enough to get over the years, from David Politis to David Icke, and many, many guests not named David. Check it out. You're going to love it. All right, Gene, was that good? Can we use that one? Attention business owners body slammed by overwhelming debt. If your business is in trouble, hassled by creditors, if you're frustrated, finally fed up with big business bailouts while your business has been left for dead, please listen close. There's a brand new fast track bankruptcy. Some have even called it the biggest small business bailout in American history. Designed for individuals and their businesses. And look, almost no one knows about this yet. My attorney wasn't even aware of it. The truth is, beating the system has never been easy because it's rigged in a sense against the little guy. But here's the jaw-dropping news nobody's talking about. They've literally just changed the system so that you can beat it. But only if you understand how the new game has to be played. Find out if you qualify at pocketsoflight.com. This government-backed small business repair program is still legal, but may not be renewed after the election. Fight back fairly. Fight back ethically at pocketsoflight.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Do you have health or energy challenges? Would you like to support your health and energy from a product that people consistently feel the uplifting and health-building effects from the first day they consume it? I introduce you to Green Meadow Whey, the only whey protein powder from grass-pastured cows that is processed in a manner that ensures that the proteins and amino acids remain in their correct geometric shape that the body can use. The naturally occurring proteins, peptides, and amino acids in Renatured Whey are proven to support multiple aspects of human health, from complementing your immune system to neutralizing chronic inflammation, to supporting detoxification, to stabilization of blood sugar, and more. Additionally, due to the testa-like frequencies encoded into Green Meadow Way, it is a dramatic support for your energy and mood. And it is an excellent emergency preparedness food with well over a five-year shelf life. To order, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit greenmeadowway.com. greenmeadowway.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, we're obviously recapping the president's and disclosure up till now. Now, personally, then, we see no evidence that Obama had any kind of interest at all in UFOs. There is no evidence that he had a personal interest in it. That doesn't mean he didn't. But uh, given his background and where he came out of uh, Chicago and so forth, I don't see reason why he would. Now, does that mean he did not? He dismissed it as a national security matter? Does that mean that if, if people like Hillary Clinton was interested in the issue, that he would dismiss that? No. So we really don't know where he's at it personally. He certainly has stayed out of it. He's written books. He's not talked about it. So we'll, we'll consider him completely neutral at this point on the subject, other than his two appearances, at least two, during her campaign, where he arranged for a question to be asked about the ET issue of him. So neutral. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Obama, if things really break out next year, as I suspect, will be quite supportive. Uh, the truth process, and of uh, getting disclosure under Biden. Now, let me ask you a very fast question with regard to that. Would that, therefore, disprove any expectation that a U.S. president is briefed on UFOs after they take office? How can I put this? A lot of presidents have not given a proper briefing on the ET issue. We know that. I think a few got pretty damn good briefings which would include uh, certainly Eisenhower and Truman, very likely H.W. Bush, possibly Nixon, uh, but other presidents not so much and some not at all, which is, of course, wrong. It's not the way the country's supposed to operate. It's unconstitutional, and it's not a good thing. So can it be fixed? Well, let's look at the Biden situation. 
if I'm right about what's going to go down here, and given the activities of TTSA, I think there is a pretty good chance that this time, now whether it occurs during the transition or whether it occurs after he's in the White House, uh, I think he's going to be given a very substantial briefing on the ET issue. Because if we're going to have hearings, we're going to see the witnesses coming in and really laying it out there uh, under oath, which is going to generate massive interest. And if we're heading for disclosure, I don't think the Department of Defense wants to have a situation where the president, Biden, is learning a lot of this stuff for the first time. Uh, in other words, at some point, the public is going to learn that you know, we've been hearing about this study and that study and the ONI and ATIP and all this other stuff. At some point, the public is going to learn, and it won't be much later after disclosure, that the elements of the government have been studying the ET issues intensely for seven decades. Uh, and there's a very large number of, of special access, uh, unacknowledged special access programs, and that the presidents haven't been briefed. They're going to learn that. And so you, you don't want Biden to be learning it at the same time that the people are learning that. And so there's going to be a delicate situation where Biden's going to be briefed, full extent of the extraterrestrial issue, with maybe a few limitations. At the same time, he'll know that hearings are coming together or maybe underway, whatever. And that there is an effort to finally resolve this truth embargo backed by a substantial segment in the Pentagon. And it's all going to work out. You're going to be the disclosure president. Uh, that's how I would do it. Now, they may they may not do that. They may just say, we're just going to, you know, let, let Biden find out about the deeper stuff after the fact. And hopefully he'll be kind to us or not be too upset. I mean, that's a possibility, too. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. And, of course, if he got an extensive briefing. Let's say he, they gave him a briefing in December that really laid it out. Here's what we know about the ET issue. Here's the, the, the types of research that are underway. Uh, and we're, we're, we're hoping to we're, we're going to get hearings underway uh, and we're going to support those hearings. We're going to have there's going to be plenty of witnesses and we're going to move towards hopefully an announcement. Would Biden suddenly go, oh, no, 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 no. I got to tell the people now. Uh, yeah, you've told me some extraordinary stuff. He will have a right to know. I'm going to tell him now uh, or as soon as I'm inaugurated. I don't think so. He would probably say, good, I'm glad to have this background. I need to know the larger picture. Uh, let's proceed with the hearings uh, and let's uh, uh, develop the testimony in front of the American people. And, uh, it, 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 and and let's assume that very likely that it will lead to my making a formal announcement. That's how you would li- I would like to see it go down. That's the way it ought to go down. Uh, but I can't, I'm just, that's, just my, that's just my assessment of what's in the best interest of the country and what makes sense. But it, maybe they won't brief him. Maybe they'll just leave him in the dark, work the hearings through. Suddenly it's like, well, Mr. President, guess what? I guess the ET thing must be real. And then he says, okay, and he makes the announcement. And then two weeks later they tell him, and by the way, you know, we've sort of known about it since 47. And we've been studying it like you wouldn't believe, and you can't imagine how many uh, special programs we've got, you know, in underground facilities. I, I don't think that's a conversation I'd want to have to have. Well, the thing is, too, we have to bear in mind that Biden has been a creature of Washington for years. He was mm-hmm. in the Senate with the Foreign Relations Committee and everything for decades. He was Obama's right-hand man. Right. And... None of this would have come to his attention in all these years, especially during those eight years. Oh, look, 
for, you know, he was in he was uh, he was in the Senate when Corso's book came out. He was in the Senate during you know, Project Blue Book. Did you go back that far? I mean, he he no. has been in Washington while all manner of things regarding this issue have taken place. Um, and I can't imagine that somehow he missed all that. Now, think about it, though. Joe Biden is a relatively moderate politician with an absolute lifelong burning desire to become president. He's run three times. Uh, he's noted for being able to get along with uh, both Democrats and Republicans. So whatever he may have learned over the 50 years that he's been, 40, almost 50 years that he has been serving us in Washington, D.C., for him to say, oh, maybe I should go there, would have been to put his presidential hopes at risk. And I don't think he was going to do that. Uh, most of the time, he would have been a loner. In other words, it was, it was the case for most people. They may have gotten uh, the information, some information and going, wow, this is huge. Uh, do I step forward? Well, nobody, there's nobody there to step forward with them. Everybody's sort of isolated under the truth embargo. And he had presidential aspirations. So I, maybe one day he'll tell us, yeah, I had a suspicion. I knew this. I heard about that. Didn't, I didn't have enough to move forward. Uh, and uh, I chose not to speak about it. Because you could imagine if Joe Biden, say, in his, his first run of the presidency, which goes back how many years, had mentioned the 300 ET at like, least. I think it's 300 years. Yeah. Uh, mentioned the ET issue like uh, Jimmy Carter did. Uh, it would not have gone well for him. And so he is he is kept silent. One day he may tell us what his thoughts were on it, what his uh, thinking was, what what uh, he might have learned from time to time uh, and why he didn't move forward. We may learn that one day, but I'm not surprised he hasn't said anything. We've got Stephen Bassett joining us and we're talking about disclosure and how 2021 may be with regard to these various developments with the election. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamG'day.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamG'day.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamG'day.com with Longevity. TeamG'day.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Oregon and New Mexico are the latest states to impose some form of a lockdown to try to curb the spread of the coronavirus. 
In New Mexico, Governor Michelle Grisham has closed non-essential locations in the state for two weeks starting on Monday. And in Oregon, Governor Kate Brown has imposed what she's calling a two-week freeze, closing indoor dining, gyms, and recreational facilities, and reducing capacity at grocery stores and pharmacies. Brown says the aim of her orders is to help reduce the strain on the state's hospital system. It's a very dangerous situation, and our hospitals have been sounding the alarm. This isn't just about COVID-19 patients. The next time you need medical care, the last thing you want to hear is that the ambulance has no place to go. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum announced a mask mandate on Friday night, also imposing a 10 p.m. curfew on all bars and restaurants in his state. This is USA Radio News. A federal judge has ruled that Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf was unlawfully appointed and his order suspending applications for the Obama-era Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals program is invalid. Wolf was appointed to the acting director's role in November of 2019 and was formally nominated for the position in August, but has not been confirmed by the Senate. Judge Nicholas Garifuss's ruling said that Wolf was never in the official order of succession at DHS, meaning his ascension to the role of secretary was unlawful. As a result, his suspension of the DACA program back in July was ruled invalid. Another tropical storm is churning in the Caribbean Sea and could be taking aim at areas hard hit last week by Hurricane Ada. Tropical storm Iota formed Friday and is expected to strengthen into a major hurricane before approaching Nicaragua and Honduras, bringing strong winds and torrential rains to an area already trying to recover from damage and flooding from Ada. Hurricane watches are already in effect for most of the eastern coasts of Honduras and Nicaragua. The storm is expected to make landfall Monday night or Tuesday morning. This is USA Radio News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medical care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. To be very speculative and look at Earth 2 for a second, Stephen Bassett, had Trump won, as they still believe in Earth 2, Mm-hmm. Would that have changed the possibility of disclosure for next year? Absolutely. I may have mentioned this on an earlier show. There are four. There were four possible outcomes. There are some other remote possibles, but the four possible outcomes were: Trump wins, the, the Republicans hold the Senate. Trump loses, the Republicans hold the Senate. Biden wins, the Republican loses the Senate. Trump wins, the Republican loses the Senate. And every one of those would be a very different uh, political environment uh, in 2021 with its own implications and complications. So now it's down to two possibilities. Biden 
and the Republicans keep the Senate, Biden and the Republicans lose it. All right, so let's go back to the Trump win. It is my thinking, until I am contradicted, that the people supporting the To The Stars Academy within the Department of Defense and other agencies, and the people in the To The Stars Academy, of which we have come to know, familiar with, the two most recognized are probably Chris Mellon and, and Louis Elizondo, that they had originally planned to get the, the TTSA out the door shortly after Clinton won. And then uh, once she was in the presidency, uh, they were going to, uh, uh, well, get out the door means bring out the Nimitz stuff, go to the New York Times, get some articles going. And when, when she becomes president, move to get hearings quickly. And she would have known it. She would have known that's what they intended to do. Uh, obviously been totally supportive. Uh, and then, of course, the, the situation would have risen where she would have been the disclosure president. I think that was the plan all along. When Trump won, obviously they had to change the plan. And it was worse than that. It wasn't just that Trump won and Clinton didn't win. Uh, in the last days of the campaign, the WikiLeaks uh, dump of, of uh, Podesta's emails was a other serious problem. It outed Tom DeLonge's engagement with Podesta. It outed some names that were kind of involved in the build up to what eventually became the TTSA. It was not good at all. So I think everything was kind of put on hold and they, they stepped back and, and regrouped in various ways. Maybe some of the people were personnel were changed. Maybe the support inside the Pentagon altered. Who knows? But they simply stepped back and go, well, this just hasn't worked out like we wanted it to. All right. We know that 11 months later, they did elect to launch uh, the TTSA. And obviously, they had gotten things to where they needed to get, and they felt they needed to do it, which is a very interesting thing. I'd love to know why they decided to do that. One day, maybe somebody will tell me. Why did they wait? And then, once they launched, right, with the New York Times articles, why didn't they come down with some more blockbusters? They could have come out with more information. They could have maybe gotten more gun cameras. They could have pushed this thing really hard. But they didn't quite do that. They kind of took their time. They, they got the television show, the unidentified out on the History Channel, work witnesses, and did things like that as time goes by. And then eventually they slowed down even more. What was going on there? I think fundamentally, in the minds of the, the, the TTSA and their backers in the military intelligence complex, they properly concluded that a, an event of this magnitude, meaning hearings on the ET issue of substantial size and scope leading to the announcement by the president, is so huge that it, it really needs to take place in a relatively stable political environment. Just like you don't walk out into the middle of a hurricane and try to play tennis. So... They essentially said, we're going we're gonna to slow this down, uh, see what happens during the, the, that administration, and then see whether that administration is going to uh, get a second term. So it was a matter of timing and circumstance, and I think it was totally correct decision. This issue to be dropped into the political chaos of America uh, between 19, uh, 2017 and 2020 is just, I just think, would be incredibly irresponsible. And so... They didn't. All right. And so now we're heading towards the election. And as we started to move toward the election, things started to pick up a little bit. 
and they a number of things have come out. They opened up their Twitter accounts. Uh, Elizondo opened up one, and I think uh, I don't know uh, September and or uh, maybe August, and then uh, uh, Mellon opened his up in April, anticipating I think that they thought he was not going to win, and so they're looking to that second term. Fine. And then as we get to the election, it's kind of worked out that way. What happens, though, if Trump had won and he came extremely close? It's remarkable how close some of those uh, states were. And some of the, the, the House seats were like 20 votes apart. What do they do then? Well, <laughs> they, ha- they would have had a serious problem because the situation was so developed that if Trump takes over, I do not think they can just suddenly decide we're just going to walk away from this. Uh, I think it was going to move forward. And they would have moved forward with hearings and moved toward disclosure. I don't think they had any other option. Uh, You just couldn't slow walk it for four more years. It's just not possible. And Trump would have been the disclosure president. And that would have gone how it would have gone. But that's, I think, the decision making. I don't think they could have stood down. Uh, if Trump wins. And it'd be interesting to know what they think about that one day if somebody gets a chance to ask them. Going back to Clinton, I was watching a, a video with him where he's being interviewed and he was asked about the UFO issue and he said that he looked into it, but he couldn't find anything. And he also said that other things have been kept from other presidents. So maybe that's the case, but I, I can't help but think that he just didn't look very hard. Do, do you know what his efforts actually consisted of? Like, what did he do? Who did yeah. he assign? Yeah. Can you, can you- uh, details? No, I know Podesta was his front person on the files. Uh, we know that. Look, when it comes to the ET issue and the truth embargo, everything has to be translated. So when Clinton said, I looked into it and couldn't find anything, uh, that's you. That's that's in truth embargo speak translated into real speak. Uh, I looked into it and I got stonewalled cold by the DOD. He couldn't find it because they weren't going to let him. And he well, knew I mean, that. he's the president, though. We, I mean, we've talked to, like, say, Kevin Randall, and I've asked him about this. I said, look, the president is the commander in chief. Nobody gets to tell him he can't know. If he wants to, he gets to know. That's all there is to it. There is no question about it, no matter what level of security and need to know and all the other garbage that you hear the people talk about for conspiracy theorists. Kevin Randall was in the military. He knows his military stuff, and he's an expert on ufology. He says if a president wants to know, he can find out. And if they don't tell you, he can take like a group of soldiers with him over there, have the people removed and shown the stuff. It's as simple as that. Uh, look, I have great respect for Kevin, and he is he's top dog, top quality, but he's wrong. Uh, I mean, it, it, uh, he's on the fact. Yeah, he's right in that. Yeah, the president has the ability to override anybody in the military intelligence complex about national security matters and information and classification. Yes. And yeah, he could. He could take a bunch of troops down to the Pentagon and, and demand to see the files and, and walk out the door with them. But it's not as if that doesn't have political consequences. It's not as if it's easy, right? And so uh, they have withheld information from presidents. They have stonewalled presidents. They basically told them 
Uh, Jimmy Carter is, I think, a pretty good example. We can't absolutely prove it, but there's a deep suspicion. I think he was basically told to stay out of this. You don't have a need to know. It's very interesting here, of course, about Jimmy Carter, whether he was too accepting of things. Maybe that's why he didn't make it to a second term, but that's another story. We have Stephen Bassett. We're doing a disclosure review in light of the U.S. presidential election in 2020 with more to come with Gene. And Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah I mean, but i would definitely use this product this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com
There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, I remember Jimmy Carter with his kind of sort of fireside chat about malaise and all yeah. these other things. I got the impression he wasn't a terribly strong leader at the time. That's many years ago. Did you have the same impression? Yeah, lack of leadership can be for many reasons, some less meritorious than others. Jimmy Carter was a good man, a very good man. Generally, Washington, D.C. is not a place where really good men flourish. In other words, it's basically a, uh, a bar fight. And if you're not prepared to sling chairs and, and hit people with bottles, you're going to have a rough time. He came in, to, I think, to the administration politically naive, one of the most politically naive presidents. And they ate him up. They just ate his lunch. It, it's not funny. To his great credit, he's been one of the most, the most I think, uh, important and righteous ex-presidents ever. And one of the very first things they did to him. Well, you know what they did on the way out, right, with the Rand-Contra hostages and everything else. But when he came in, the ET, UFO issue was in play. He had, he had seized on it. He had talked about it. He got thousands of uh, emails. And he decided to do something about it, totally appropriate. Well, not, not in Washington, D.C. in 1977. Uh, and so they just shut him down. They just shut him down. And he knew it. He knew he was being stonewalled. He knew that they were disrespecting him. Uh, he put a study together that eventually they started to wind down. They had a report done by Marcia Smith, just sort of, it was a decent report. It was not it totally shelved, disappeared. Uh, she kind of disappeared. So it's very possible that George Bush did tell him, you know, forget about it, Jimmy, in so many words. Uh, and so essentially this man realized that, hey, the government that he knew was not quite what it seems. And he was up against some pretty substantial forces. And in order to compete with the George Bushes of this world and the entrenched people in the Senate, uh, you need to walk into Washington with an army of, of high-level, big-time contacts uh, who have been around for a long time, who, who, who will take your back. He didn't have that. He walked in as a governor of Georgia, a former peanut farmer. And so he just didn't have a chance. So he was a victim in some ways of the truth embargo and, and the, and the Cold War. Uh, 
Clinton comes in much later. He comes in in 91. But interestingly enough, he's very similar to Carter, southern governor from a southern state, uh, not connected much in Washington, D.C., uh, got a lot of, in his case, a lot of personal baggage. In other words, he, he, he was in a worse state, in, in my case, in, Car- in, in my view, than Carter. Carter. He came in with all kinds of personal baggage Carter didn't have. So all of that, he walks in. And I don't think he had the slightest intention of engaging the ET issue, I can assure you. And Lawrence Rockefeller sends that fax to to uh, his uh, head of uh, the science department, uh, John Gibbons, and says, I want to talk to you about releasing the files. And, and history walked in the door. He didn't want it, but it turned up at his door. Uh, and, of course, this, the story about how he handled that moment, that opportunity, is, is pretty well known. There's much more that needs to be known. And so he dealt with it. Now, this is 15 years after Carter made his attempt, which failed. But Clinton was it was post-Cold War. The Cold War was over. And so the, the, the possibility of moving forward was far superior than it was when Carter entered the White House. And uh, and uh, Rockefeller turns up. That's why he that's why he approached him. The Cold War was over and Rockefeller uh, felt, as I, I do and, and many others I'm sure did, that the Cold War is over. Let's end this nonsense. Let's get let's get this issue out. Let's get the files out. Now we can deal with this. Right. Um and, of course, it didn't quite work out that way. So that's that's Clinton's kind of experience. Each president has had their own experience with this issue. Uh, and, uh, and Nixon did. Reagan did. Carter, certainly. Uh, we don't know much of all about what intersection H.W. Bush had, other than almost certainly he was given a pretty good briefing about the E.T. situation. Uh, and and then and then. Um, uh, uh, we continue forward in time, and the one thing that was consistent through all of these presidencies, going all the way back to Truman, well, eh, Eisenhower maybe, is that the citizen science activist movement, however unfunded it was, however fractured it was, did nothing but grow year after year after year. People sacrificing uh, other opportunities and money and everything else to, to pursue this issue because it was so compelling. And we know their names, and we know many that will never know their names. And so it didn't matter whether the president was getting briefed or not getting briefed. The movement continued relentlessly. And guess what? After 73 years since Roswell, the citizen science movement, thanks to the entrance in the field of the military intelligence complex itself – is about to finally end this truth embargo. Really, though, I mean, because this whole Nimitz thing, it really, it's almost incidental when it comes to the whole history of the subject. And if all of these presidents tried and really couldn't get anywhere with it, you know, what is it that's going on within the military who seem to have a lock on this? What motivation did they have to actually disclose i'm i'm not sure yeah. that it's of any benefit to them or why would they want to oh well, let's see again try to try to take in as much of the picture as you can uh the military the civilian agencies of the government are filled with people just like you and me uh some good some bad 
but not, it shouldn't surprise you that there have always been, though it probably varies from time to time, many people within the government, all, all levels, agencies and uh, uh, House, Senate committee uh, staffers, members of the CIA and so forth, who believe that people do have a right to know, that the people can handle the truth, and that the truth embargo ultimately was not the right policy, and it needed to end. They've always been there. Now, to what extent their number, what their numbers were, to what extent the influence they had over the decision makers, well, we don't really know, though I'm sure there will be plenty of historians that will try to find out. And so there's always been an internal pressure, I guess you could say, pressing outward, uh, though not too great. And then you had the external pressure coming from the, the disclosure movement itself and the researchers and all that pressing inward, trying to get the government as a, as a policy to end the truth embargo. And so when the Cold War ended, that I certainly, I think, increased the, the number of people that are favoring moving forward. Um, as the research, uh, the citizen research went forward and more, more evidence was massed, uh, that helped. As, as the media started to cover the issue more broadly with thousands of articles, uh, which I have thousands of them are on my website right now with links, that loosened things up. Uh, and, of course, any, any ET activity, any sightings, tampering with nuclear weapons, crop circles, whatever the hell, that's stimulating. And so there is the, – the general path is forward leading towards disclosure, and it's a question of how fast it's going and what have you. But we were never able to get a breakthrough. Uh, we tried. The citizen science activist movement could never get a true breakthrough. We did, we did various things, uh, and uh, – they were all nice, and they all maybe helped a little bit, but none of them broke through. And the, the reason – there are two fundamental reasons for that. The citizen science people, myself and others and activists, did not have the resources, I mean big, big time money, and didn't have the gravitas, the backgrounds, the curricula vitae. Uh, we – just regular people, a doctor maybe here or just a, you know, a, a working class person. The members of MUFON were not, you know, the, the last organization that had real, what I would call high-level gravitas was NICAP. NICAP was a real problem for this issue. Of course, it was way back. It was very early. But it was filled with scientists and academics, intellectuals and so forth. And, and McDonald was, uh, was their science guy, and he was going all over the country giving very scientific-based uh, lectures to engineers and scientists about the ET issue, making a very powerful case that, well, yeah, I don't think we've got anything like that. Uh, and so one of the, the things that the government had to do to maintain the truth embargo was, was get rid of NICAP, which they did. There's another issue, too, about NICAP, because I knew Kehoe and I knew Richard Hall and everything, is that NICAP was, in essence, a very, very poorly run organization. And for that, Major Kehoe is to blame. He didn't know how to handle the finances. The organization constantly had issues. We'll get into more of that in our next segment with Stephen Bassett and Gina Randall. You're in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we have Stephen Bassett, election 2020, the meaning for disclosure. So as I was saying, as much as NICAP may have been a threat to a government program, once again, it was not a well-run organization. Have you followed its history much, Stephen? I have some understanding about that. Uh, let's just say that what was most important about NICAP was not necessarily how well it was run. It was the membership. They had a substantial membership, and these were high-level people. They had CIA people on the board of directors. In other words, the board of directors of NICAP is probably the most heavy duty board that any group in this organization in this genre has ever had uh now why that is is not clear I, it, later it seems as if one of the reason there were some high level people on the board and others was because they were there to make sure the organization didn't become too successful they may even played a role in how would you say making it run not so well i mean ultimately it was the cia guys on the board that wrapped it all up closed down all the offices and kept all the money so I wouldn't jump it all on Keogh. And one of the reasons that Keogh got a bad rap is they said he had a bad rap. In other words, the board members said he wasn't running the thing very well. Well, I, I, it's hard to trust these guys when I think some of them were CIA operatives. Well, not operatives. They were openly CIA, right? But the way they handled the, the wrap-up of NICAP clearly indicated their interest was not in the truth. So I'm a little more generous on that. But NICAP was powerful because of, of uh, the people there, of course, McDonald's work which was associated with NICAP, and it had to get shut down, and they shut it down. 
they began the process of shutting it down. And it was pretty much neutered by the time they, they shut down Blue Book. And that's the first phase, I guess, of the period of the uh, truth embargo from 47 to 69. The truth embargo took a while to build. It wasn't fully comprehensive. Uh, and there was high levels of public interest. During that period from 47 to 69, they, they were, it was rough waters for them. They were tied up in knots. It was a pain. It was a real, real problem. It was increasingly clear to them that in spite of the fact that they were defending the country from the evil communists and building all these nukes, that uh, the people just weren't going to stop leaving them alone. And so they were sort of able to shut things down in that period right after 69. And they got a, they got a, a period of calm when they weren't being bugged so much. But not surprisingly, it all reignited about 10 years later uh, and has never settled down since. Uh, so that's that's my sense of that. Um, uh, uh, but what changed uh, is is as I've said many times, and will continue to say relentlessly for the next three to four months, is that after decades and decades uh, of work by the citizen science people and the journalists, uh, elements within the Department of Defense made the decision that. Uh, the people do have a right to know, and, and uh, they can handle the truth, and they were going to take concrete, significant action to resolve and end the truth embargo. And the, 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 the method that they chose was to uh, greenlight the formation of a NGO made up of nothing but inside-type high-security clearance people, no longer on the payroll, who would jump into this issue and advance it forward with their blessing uh, and ultimately cooperation, though it was kind of messy, not surprisingly. And when that happened, then things took place that had not happened before. In other words, once they made that decision, then it was possible to get the gun camera footage. Prior to that, we're going to get it. And so the gun camera footage release and other things that have happened since the launch in October of 2017 are directly connected back to the support within the military intelligence complex. Whoever it is, wherever it is, we do not know. But it's there. Uh, because uh, uh, if, if the military intelligence complex did not want the TTSA to exist, it would not exist. And so uh, that tells us a great deal. And that's why, and it's because of that, that huge change of state, October 2017, that set us on the path to disclosure. Uh, but it was complicated by the political dynamics, which were a mess, which are about to be resolved. And as a result, we go to the next stage, the next level, and that level is congressional hearings. Of course, if we're going to be jaded at all, congressional hearings quite often are just showpieces where the politician makes a speech that can be recorded and played back during a campaign event or something like that. Correct. A lot of times these hearings, such as the, what, eight hearings on Benghazi, resolve nothing. And remember, too, in the 60s when we had the hearings, we got the Condon Committee. So I may feel like I'm a jaded old man, but why should we think that even if hearings occur, anyone's going to care, and that's going to do anything different. Yeah, these are perfectly appropriate uh, thoughts. There are hearings from 66 and 68 deep in the, 
in the Cold War period, the truth embargo could never go anywhere. And they were really mostly for show, frankly. So just put those aside. This is 2021. Secondly, the amount of posturing and showboating and lathering that uh, you get from committee members during hearings is directly proportional to the degree of partisanship. And it's true, uh, particularly in the last 30 years when we've, we've developed one of the worst hyperpartisan stretches in American congressional history. Almost anything comes up from the hearings, hearings that's got substantial partisan implications, and so they just posture like crazy for the sound bites and everything. I totally agree. Fortunately for us, thank God, the extraterrestrial issue, as it will be brought to the House and Senate, is pure national security. It's not partisan at all. There's no Democrat or political component, I mean a Republican component to it. It's what are the national security implications of unidentified aerial phenomena. And this is great because it means that all the committee members can question the witnesses without any partisan components designed to somehow help them get reelected. They don't need to. Uh, Just get the information. They're all going to be heroes. Nobody's going to be more a hero than a less of a hero. All right. So. I don't think you're going to have that problem. Uh, And in terms of the importance of the hearings, hearings are as important as the number of people that watch them. The McCarthy hearings had huge audience. uh, And and a, a number of things came out of that. There have been hearings in our history that were profound, but usually they had huge audience. Uh, The more people that watch, the more pressure on the Congress to do its job properly and to and to uh, take action based upon the information. The hearings on the ET issue this time around will be the most watched hearings in American history. They may even become the most watched anything. I, 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 I think they will approach the level of the, uh, the Olympics in terms of the number of people watching. Now, maybe not every minute, but in terms of the number of people that are watched, a portion of these hearings will be up there in the level of the Olympics might well surpass it. And so you have all these members of the committees in front of a mass audience. Uh, They are the star of an incredibly important play. Everybody's uh, got a chance to be on the stage, and they're going to enjoy the hell out of it, and they're going to do, I think, a pretty good job. And that will be good for the country, and they'll all win. They'll all get glory. They'll all be told, wow, wow, that's fantastic. Thanks for helping us get this information out. Uh, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Now, if, if the Democrats are controlling the Senate, well, if, if the Democrats are if the Democrats are controlling the committee chairs, uh, then obviously they will get a bit more of the glory. Uh, hopefully, they will not use their chairmanship in order to sort of make the hearings lean too much their way or give them more action. Uh, if they're smart, they won't do that. And it may be that the the Republicans will control the Senate, in which case they'll have a little leverage there to give themselves a little more credit, and the Democrats will do the same in the House. So there's, a, I think, a better than 50-50 chance the, uh, the Democrats are going to get the Senate as well. We've got more to come and more determinations to make, but not on votes because I don't think I can handle any more of it. With, <laughs> Stephen, with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Amazon customer, 5 out of 5 stars. I'm quite happy about it. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs, and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Dr. Sam Surreal. Good product and ingredients. Kept my blood pressure normal after mild heart attack in 2015. Switched to plant-based diet also to reverse atherosclerosis. John Bispico's. Five out of five stars. Built up my immune system. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. This is how we do every day. Them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check nhtsa.gov/slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at nhtsa.gov/slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So just to point this out, as we do this episode, there's going to be a runoff election for two Senate seats in Georgia, January 5th. And I'm not going to predict who's going to win, obviously, if the Republican candidates win or even one of them, the Republicans remain in control of the Senate. If the two Democrats win, it will be a 50-50 tie, in which case the vice president will be the one to be the tiebreaker on everything. So Vice President-elect Harris is going to be spending all her time in the Senate. She's going to have a cot living there. (laughs) Not exactly. Uh, She will show up if there is a tie at the very end when when the votes are coming. But uh, whatever, she will show up when there's a tie on a vote. Uh, She won't have a play in the committee hearings. In terms of how the Senate gets how the committees get handled, I'm not quite sure I should check it out. It, It may be that in a tie Senate. Every one of the committees has an equal number of Democrats and Republicans and may not have a may 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 all have co-chairs. Not sure about that. I know that. Well, actually, I think I do know they don't have co-chairs. I think they're, they'll all have uh, we, we, if the Democrats control the Senate through the vice presidential vote, I think they get the committee chair. So all the Senate committees will have Democratic committee chairs. But I have a feeling that the members will be split evenly, uh, which is not that big a deal. It's not like uh, the Democrats can run roughshod in the Senate, because when you're split 50-50, all it takes is one Democrat to vote the other way. So there's going to have to be some some bipartisanship uh, going on there. But in terms of the hearings, I don't think it'll much matter uh, other than no, it won't much matter. The committee chairs are already for these hearings, Democrats and Republicans. Uh, and there's, I see no reason why McConnell, for instance, would try to stand in the way of this. I can't imagine why he would do that, assuming he remains uh, as the uh, Senate Majority Leader. But you know, can't rule it out. But it, all that doesn't matter because even if the Senate decided to to stay out of the, not come to the dance, these hearings going to go on in the House, lots of them. And then the interest will pile up. The viewership will pile up. Extraordinary testimony will be written up in newspapers and so forth. And at some point, the Senate, there's no way they're going to stay out of that. They're going to see all this going on, and they're going to say, wait a minute, we can't just stand down. And so they will quickly, I think, decide, fine, we want our hearings as well. So I'm not too worried about uh, the hearings not being both both uh, both houses. Okay, and, let's look uh, at the trigger points, though. So yeah. the Pentagon... UAP task force was given, what, six months to come up with the report. Right. Okay, it takes us, obviously, to 2021. If they don't produce a report, what happens? Uh They can say, well, we need more time. Give us another six months. Is there a compelling reason for them to report within those six months? And even then to give something that's so important, it generates hearings. Uh, here's how I see it. The hearings are separate from this report thingy. Uh, the, the hearings are based upon getting witness testimony 
uh, and the witnesses are being lined up, and the committee chairs have been briefed. This is all Mellon's work, going back uh, good ways. They're going to happen. Now, this whole business about the report comes from a maneuver by Rubio. Rubio was, was briefed. And, and, and we don't know how many briefings he had, but we know one briefing he had, and that was Eric Davis. Dr. Eric Davis went public and said that he had briefed Rubio and I think uh, 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 Warner. Uh, and they may have gotten another briefing from the pilots, but when Davis briefed them, uh, it was pretty intense. And he got into the, the area of crash retrievals. And if you don't believe me, look it up. It's on, you know, I don't, I can find it right now if we take the time, but it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the, it's in my uh, news article archive. You can actually find the article about Davis briefing, uh, uh, these guys. And that was on, uh, on, uh, on, on crash retrievals that got, and that kind of quieted down afterwards. Cause that was pretty hot. That was a hot deal. All right. So, uh, what's going on here? I think Rubio, uh, was able to insert himself, and he got a briefing. That doesn't mean he's going to not in, that anything's going to come from that, right? And it's supposedly a private briefing. Mark Walker in the House got a briefing. He chose to do something. He inserted himself into the issue by sending a letter to Secretary Spencer of the uh, of the uh, the Navy, and that caused a bit of a kerfuffle, and then kind of blew over. Well, Rubio did something similar. He did, and of course, he's more powerful than Walker. But he, uh, he, he decided to insert himself in the issue. So they put this wording in that appropriations bill that, uh, yeah, given the light of all this stuff bubbling up, uh, we, wanna, we want some files and reports from uh, the government. Uh, and we're giving you a deadline of 180 days from the signing of the bill, which is pretty generous, right? Plenty of time. When do we expect that bill to be signed, though? No, I think the bill is signed. In fact, I know it's signed. Okay, uh, so when, is- when did that happen? Oh, God, it was because now we're counting down the days. Yeah, right? I think it was like toward the end of September, end of October, end of November and December and in January and in February. It might even be early September. I think it was September sometime in September, which puts the deadline in March. OK, early, middle, late March. Now, OK. And okay. like is is Ratcliffe still in place then? Well, Radcliffe is is, is or, or is there is there going to be a shakeup where they take Esper and Radcliffe out? No, no. Okay, Radcliffe that the Esper is, is gone. Strong. Okay, Esper is gone as of now. Right. As far as Radcliffe is concerned, as soon as Joseph Biden takes over as president, he's gone. Well, maybe no, no. two hours later, but Radcliffe is not somebody who has endeared himself to Democrats. So it'd be pretty I, quick. Well, look, uh, that's fine. I mean, Radcliffe was put in charge of the uh, O&I in terms of these reports and so forth, which was kind of a signal that they're serious. And if uh, he's replaced, then the guy that replaces is going to be in charge of the O&I. But the point I'm trying to make here is the, the uh, first of all, that's, that is the deadline. The, the government or agencies could deliver information to the committees any time it wants now. It, it, it has till 180 days. That doesn't mean it couldn't do it sooner. All right. So that's all very convenient. And it's notable that, if I'm right, when they do decide to bring this information forward, the hearings will already be underway. Now, some people are concluding that the, the game is, the, the, the agenda here, is that, okay, uh, Rubio puts that stuff into the bill, 
requiring this this information to come in, say it comes in at March, and then once the information comes in, we'll use that as the platform to launch the hearings. And therefore, people will say, well, what, what if they come in with not much? What if they stonewall and give you a bunch of nonsense? Then I guess that cuts it off. Uh, no. Uh, I think the hearings right. are separate of that. Well, this, so is this, a, will, this will... Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, because this is a, it's going to be a classified annex. So it's not like it's going to be necessarily public. It's just supposed to be done. So whether or not we get to see it is still yet another question, right? We've got another yeah. question to answer, and Stephen will do it in a moment with Gene okay. and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Thousands descended on Washington, D.C. Saturday to march in support of President Donald Trump and expressed their belief that the 2020 presidential election was rigged against him. This protester told News Nation that he didn't trust state elections officials who have said there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. And the reason why I don't trust it is simple. You need a, a license to drive a car, go fishing, hunting, everything. Marriage license. Why can't we have voter ID? I think if Donald Trump said he trusts the election, he would just be conceding, and he's not about that. Fewer Americans are expected to travel for Thanksgiving this year due to a rise in coronavirus cases. AAA says they expect at least 10% fewer people to travel for the holiday, breaking an 11-year streak of increased travel for Thanksgiving. Air travel is expected to be reduced by half, but car travel should still be popular. The Auto Club says it's expecting fewer drivers, but thinks about 48 million Americans will still hit the road for Turkey Day. This is USA Radio News. One meal delivery app is taking itself public. Kenneth Burns has the details from the USA Radio News East Coast Bureau. Delivery company DoorDash is planning to sell its stock to the public. The San Francisco-based company filed papers signaling its intent for an initial public offering Friday. The company is capitalizing on the growing trend of consumers embracing app-based deliveries as much of the world stays home during the pandemic. Last year, DoorDash generated $885 million in revenue. During the first nine months of this year, revenue more than doubled that number. It was already growing before the pandemic, but the company has lost money each year since its founding. They've warned potential investors the losses could continue as they anticipate increasing expenses. SpaceX will try again Sunday to launch its second manned spaceflight. High winds and bad weather led to Mission Control scrapping Saturday's scheduled launch, setting difficulties in landing and recovering the rocket's booster. 
The next window for launch will be Sunday evening around 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The flight will take three astronauts to the International Space Station. This is USA Radio News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. raised a question about the politics. Is this going to be something done in secret? What about it, Stephen Bassett? No, if you read if you read your articles on it, the reports will have a classified will have a classified annex. In other words, there will be material that will be made readily available, but there will be a classified portion as well. I mean that's standard procedures, nothing unusual about that. What is most important here is not that requirement in the appropriations bill. What that did was get Rubio into the game. So he's in there. He can say, hey, I was doing my part. Put some pressure on uh, the military intelligence complex. Come up with some info. Remember, he's asking for files just like Clinton did. Well, Clinton was told to go to pound sand. Obviously, times have changed. And so got some good news, got some good cred for Rubio. Fine. But is that somehow the, the path to where we're going? No. They come up with some standard op- uh, files and information that doesn't really shed much light, and everybody will be screaming cover-up from, from uh, one end to the other. Yeah, and, uh, but I mean, so I just that, see that's this not going to happen. Well, Look, we hope. If you want to see what the hearings are going to be like, watch the Unidentified series. Watch all 14 shows and pay close attention to all of the military witnesses that they're talking to. Uh, don't be surprised if every single one of them doesn't end up in front of a con- congressional committee. I've said this many times. The most important, I guess, vector in the disclosure movement is military witnesses and always has been. And the citizen science activist movement has done its part to get witnesses out. Leslie Kane, James Fox, uh, Robert Hastings, uh, Bob Salas, myself, all of us have have put witnesses into the public domain, held press conferences, the National Press Club, uh, done what we could to get their testimony out. And great, but never hearings in front of the Congress. That's the next step. And hey, Stephen, yes. have, you, have you seen James Fox's new documentary yet, The Phenomenon? I haven't been able to get access to the whole thing. I've read a number of reviews. I've seen the trailer. got a pretty good idea about it. I know it's fabulous. It's something else that's helping to advance the issue, not surprisingly. Uh, well, maybe this way. James struggled with his doc for many years, and, and he had a lot of problems. that Otherwise, it would have come out sooner. But because of all the problems he had, 
it delayed the completion of the dock such that he was able to get the TTSA people into it. And so the dock includes TTSA stuff, includes Christopher Mellon, who, by the way, made a, an interesting statement in that dock we can talk about. And so that made it even more powerful. And so James Fox and his documentary will be seen as playing a, a very important role in these last days, this unfolding process. James may even get a chance to testify in front of Congress. I certainly would invite him. Again, it's the military witnesses, and that's what they have been gathering. I don't know how many witnesses they, they have on a list right now, but it wouldn't surprise me it was 100. And these are the ones that will come to the Hill to testify about a lot of things, including nuclear weapons tampering events. And that's going to be super powerful stuff. They will be under oath. And, you know, I don't see any of the standard debunkers. Well, they probably will anyway. They'll start writing stupid stuff out there about, well, I don't know, the guy's a colonel and a jet pilot, but who knows, maybe he's on cocaine now or whatever the hell they want to come up with and try to debunk these guys. Totally waste of time. It's not going to work. That, that is the testimony that will ultimately put the president in a position to disclose. Once the president has confirmed the ET presence, then the hearings can expand right, beyond purely national security issues and military uh, personnel to private citizens and other things. And ultimately, and I'm, I'm going to put this on record right now, those congressional hearings will deal with contact. And for those who say, no way, Jose, let me just say this. One of the most important developments of recent times was the last episode of the uh, Identified Series Season 2, in which, and Billy Cox wrote a great article about this on his Devoid blog. Uh, he called it Rolling the Bones. They, they uh, brought the ET contact issue into play. Robert Hastings, interesting enough, was the focus because Robert eventually came out as a contactee, uh, but also the top researcher in nuclear weapons tampering, which they'd already covered. And they brought forward a number of military guys who had had, I guess you could say, missing time. So what Mellon has done there, either with the go-ahead from the insiders or on his own in order to help ensure that this issue does not get blanked out, uh, was to say, look, we, we're not idiots, right? We talk about planes and tic-tacs and, and uh, radar returns and all of that stuff, but we're not idiots. We haven't completely managed to miss the massive evidence for contact experiences has been emerging for 30 solid years. And so, yeah, that's in play, too. And I was extremely pleased to see that. And so uh, I, I will predict now that it will be after disclosure, it won't be before, that the hearings will expand and contact is going to come into play. And whatever the audience was for the first round of hearings, I don't even want to put a number on the number of people that are going to be watching the contact hearings in the House and Senate with contactees, some military, talking about their direct experiences with extraterrestrials. You want to put a number on that? Two billion, three million people? Be Before we audience. go into that, I wanted to mention something about the phenomenon. Because if you sign up for the Paracast Plus, we give you the ad-free version of this show and the After the Paracast podcast, where Stephen will be back uh, to appear on for this weekend, you can choose... You know, monthly, annual, etc. If you go for five years or lifetime subscriptions to the Paracast Plus at the special low prices, we'll give you a coupon code for the phenomenon. So you can watch and download the phenomenon 
and get the three hours of extra material. If you want to sign up to the Paracast Plus, just go to theparacast.plus. That's theparacast.plus. In any case, one more thing I'll announce, and that is that my old friend David Halperin will be on the Paracast next week. He has written a blog about the phenomenon, and this gets to be more of a skeptical approach because he says three of the key sightings shown there have conventional explanations. So you'll want to hear next week's episode. But in any case here, James Fox told us when he was on the Paracast that this movie is going to be a marathon. So I get the impression there that this is something that's going to be promoted for a long time. It's not going to be just like any movie documentary where it comes and goes. Is that your feeling, Stephen? Well, yeah. I, I, he Look, I, I encourage everybody to support that movie. Uh, however, buy it, rent it, get it through Paracast, whatever. James put his heart and soul in it. He's got a kid now. They put a lot of money in it. He was he, They lost the opportunity for... Well, we've been the first ever theatrical distribution that would have brought in substantial sums as well as a – he also lost an opportunity for a cable streaming deal that would have also generated a great deal of money. So uh, now it comes down to the, the, the sales of the direct sales. So please do that. Support this film. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Look, he, he, was, he, was, he was utterly uh, disparate over uh, – is that the word disparate? No, that's not the word. He was um, he was incredibly upset uh, over how things went down. But I believe, and I told him that ultimately he's going to love the way it works out uh, because the documentary is coming out. What as we're heading towards those hearings? All right, it includes people in it that are going to be in the hearings. Uh, he has more than enough material to do a director's cut with another thirty forty minutes, which he could then re um, uh, market. Uh, next year, possibly after disclosure. Uh, and, you know, everybody loves a director's cut, right? Who doesn't love a director's cut? Well, so if you're a that. fan of Zack Snyder, you're going to get, of course, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League coming up this fucking year on <laughs> HBO Max. They're going to take the what was a two-hour movie, and he's going to go back to the original version, four hours, four one-hour episodes as a miniseries. I mean, we're looking forward to that. But this is the phenomenon. As I said, there's three hours of extra material. So James has plenty of footage there to yeah. build a director's cut. Definitely. Stephen Bassett, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Of course, we're talking to Stephen Bassett, predicting what he expects to be disclosure in 2021. Now, whenever we have you on, Stephen, 
we get people who are more skeptical or pessimistic and they say, look, this guy's been talking disclosure for years. It never happens. Why can we expect things to be different in 2021? Well, you know, uh, I think about the civil rights movement. <laughs> they, uh, they tried to get the end of segregation and civil rights laws for many years. And uh, every year they're, they're saying it could be the next year. And it could be the next year. <laughs> right? you, you, could, you couldn't have much of a civil rights movement if everybody went out, say, in 1952 and said, OK, here's the deal. We need you to march. We need you to sign up. We need you to volunteer. But we're not going to get a civil rights act for 42 more years. Understand that's pretty much what it is. Uh, so uh, you got to you have you have to cut the activist movement slack on things like that. Secondly, I didn't put, put every year. I didn't constantly say every year. There were times when it was absolutely out of the question. Uh, after Trump was elected, I went three years, never said a thing. So it comes and goes. There have been opportunities. There have been favorable situations. It's like the, it's like the doomsday clock on the on nuclear war. There were years when the clock was close to midnight and it was further away. So it's been that way with disclosure. So if I think it looks promising, I say so. I'm not dumb enough. I'm never I'm never going out and said, yeah, there's going to be disclosure on you know, January the 15th at 9 p.m. No, no. Other people do things like that. I don't do that. But I'm an activist. I'm trying to get people focused and stay focused on something incredibly important until we get the prize. And the prize, of course, is disclosure. Now, I will say this. I'll add to this. One last thing. Oh, yeah, sure. I have never felt more confident about what's about to take place than at any time in the 23 years I've been in this. And it's based upon very hard evidence. Uh, we have a, a lot of information about what happened uh, since the, two, uh, the TTSA launched. In, in, uh, in 2017, uh, and there are things going on which are unprecedented, never happened before, on a broader scale than ever before. In other words, the exopolitical engagement of this issue has never been at this level. And so it's, I think, a very reasonable thing to say, OK, what's going to happen next? Uh, and it just it just screams at me. Big neon lights. Uh, the congressional hearings we've been wanting since 1968 finally are going to happen. And they're going to happen at a time when the evidence is so massive, the number of witnesses so great, that there is no way in hell they're going to hold a one-day hearing and say, well, we tried. No. This is going to be the hearing that wraps it up. Okay. So so here I'm thinking, and you guys can maybe both help me out here. I, you know, I'm in Canada. I'm not really entirely sure how politics works at the best of times here or even let alone there. So, well, you know what? There are a lot of people who pretend they know how politics works in the U.S., <laughs> but they're just pretending. So I wouldn't even begin to prejudge or have any expectations about politics in your country. Go ahead, please, Randall. Uh, thanks. But my feeling about this is that, well, wouldn't true disclosure simply bypass hearings altogether. I mean, if if these people who are deep down inside the government who have all of it have decided that it's time for it to come out, wouldn't they simply take this to the daily brief of the president and say, this is what we have to do, and then assign it to, say, NASA, who would have a big press conference, and then just lay it all out for everyone? I mean, aren't hearings designed to sort of uncover things that, that – they're not voluntarily necessarily disclosing in the first place is kind of what I'm saying. Well, well here's a here's an here's a analogy that maybe you'll get the point across. 
if you were part of a circus troupe, high wire act, a group of you, and you're all very close, great friends, love each other, and one of your one of your people, one of your troop is uh, up on the high wire, hundred feet above the ground, or whatever. Would you think that was a good time to tell them their mother just died? Probably not. So it's not truth is important. But when you're talking about its effects on people and nations and so forth, uh, that has to be factored in. So it's not just what do you tell? It's how do you tell? What are the circumstances? And it is true that any one of the presidents of the last uh, 70 years could have simply called a press conference and ended this embargo. Bingo. And they didn't. And they all had reasons. And the reasons varied over time. So as we get to the end, overall, the situation is far more favorable and far less um, um, concerning than it has been in the past. But it's still a big deal. And so from the standpoint of the military intelligence complex from the standpoint of the Congress and the American people, it is far better to hold uh, – uh, bring evidence now in a formal way under oath in front of the American people, in front of the Congress with questions being asked, information coming out over a period of weeks, I would think, at least, and then have the president confirm that the evidence clearly indicates an extraterrestrial presence uh, and we're, we're confirming that to you. Then to have the president simply – Cut through all that, not even do that. Just come out and say, hey, there's extraterrestrials here. All right, now the Congress isn't upset. What the hell? What's going on? Why haven't we been told? Why haven't we been able to brief some of these things? The DOD is embarrassed. The American people are going, what the hell's going on? It's it's just not responsible. Uh, it would it would end the truth embargo, just like if Putin did it tomorrow. Truth embargo's over. Is that a good thing? No, not really. And And, and the other thing is, when you've got an issue of this magnitude, uh, people's lives and careers are, are uh, involved here at stake. And, you know, it's a classic win, 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 win thing. If you're going to do something of great import, you, you want it to be winners. Everybody wins, not five, not five entities lose and one wins. And so with a, with a hearing process, the, the Congress, the legislative branch wins. It's doing a great job. It's part of this process. The members of the committees win. The political parties win. Uh, the media gets a chance to really get involved, covering all of this, stories everywhere. The journalists win. The publishers win. The DOD, of course, is is is, is the, where the, a lot of these witnesses are coming from. And the DOD, of course, has already made a move to be on the right side of history here. That's one of the reasons why you're seeing what's going on. So the, the DOD is kind of set up to win, right? The president obviously wins. The president will be the disclosure president. The country wins because you, you got this extraordinary new information and it's done in an appropriate way. And now we can move forward. And overall, the planet wins. So that is the win, 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 win scenario. So if I'm running the show, that's what you shoot for. Okay. Now, is it easy? Hang, no. Okay. Well, hang on here. Yeah. I, I kind of see what you're saying, right? But I think that the kind of disclosure that people imagine when coming from the government aren't a bunch of hearings with witnesses who are retired who say they saw something. They want to see something like, say, you know, coming out of an official department of the government, say like NASA, where they get up there and they go, here it is. Here's the information. Here's a piece of the alien ship. 
Uh, here's our films on the alien ship. This is what we've got. Anyone can come and see it. You can go to the NASA website. You can log on. And we're going to have a tour. And you can go down to the NASA grounds and you can go through all of it and see it for yourself. I think that's what you want because I I don't think that hearings are really going to convince a lot of people unless they've got something more concrete coming out of an official agency that says, yes, we've been doing this for years and here it is. Here's all of the stuff we've got. Here's the pictures from our satellites. Here's our radar data. Here's parts of the craft and all of it. I mean, we need all of it, not just these sort of, okay, well, you know, once upon a time I was in the Army or the Air Force or I was in a nuclear missile base and somebody told me there was a U.S. UFO up above, and I believe them. You know, I mean, we need more than that. Of course. But understand, first of all, one of the jobs, one of my tasks, and one of the things I worked to accomplish was uh, to try to clarify things. Sure, people all have different ideas about what they want and should get and what disclosure means and so forth. I get that. My job is to try to focus, to try to say, look, here's what it means. Right? Let's try to keep it simple and basic. What is disclosure? Capital D. It's the confirmation of the presence of ETs. That's all. That's all it is. And that's what we have to get. So you have to think of this in two parts. Post-disclosure, pre-disclosure. We're in the last days of the truth embargo, pre-disclosure. So in order to get where we have to go, so that everybody is happy, or most everybody is happy, is first we have to get the confirmation. In order to get the confirmation, we've got to create a comfortable situation for the president and the Congress and the DOD. The hearings that I'm talking about that are coming are to accomplish that. In other words, you bring in military witnesses about a number of cases and so forth, not whistleblowers, not people are going to uncover the, the deep, dark, evil secrets of Area 51. I'm talking about uh, witnesses to sightings, including nuclear weapons at, uh, 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 tampering, which, you know, say Bob Salas and some of the other uh, witnesses like that will be there. Right. That's pretty heavy stuff. We got more to come. More with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall on Disclosure. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Stephen Bassett is talking further about now, I guess, the expectations for the testimony, the people who might show up to appear in congressional hearings on UFOs in 2021. Stephen, go ahead. As I was saying, we divide it up into the pre-disclosure, post-disclosure uh, eras, and then we're in the last days of the truth embargo, pre-disclosure, and disclosure, and I say disclosure, I'm talking about the event, right? The event, not small d, capital D, the announcement, the confirmation that has to come from the president. So in order to get to there, they have hearings, they bring in the witnesses, lots of military witnesses with extraordinary testimony under multiple committees, which will be very impressive, now, you also have to keep in mind that probably half or more of the public already are convinced there's an ET presence. So it's not like they have to be convinced by these hearings. Uh, but in any event, this information will be then covered by the media. It will be seen around the world. It will be very potent. And it will take us to the point where the president can say that, look, this testimony is compelling. Uh, and based upon that, I think it's now time to pretty much confirm, yes, there's there's a non-human intelligence involved here. And, of course, we want to know more about that. But I can confirm that to you tonight. So then we that that's the disclosure event. And now we immediately enter the post-disclosure period. Now the hearings take on a different bent. All right. Because the president has made the announcement in a way that is green lighted pretty much every agency, every every manager of every classified program that it's a new day and you need to sort of start preparing for declassifications and the public airing of uh, a lot of information. Uh, exactly what? Not clear yet. How much? Not clear yet. But get ready for that. And so in the, in the hearings that follow disclosure is when they can start expanding into other aspects of the phenomena. I already mentioned that I think contact at some point will come into play there. However, they will start holding hearings about technology, I think, and and uh, some of the investigations that have been done and so forth. Now, this this will be awkward because when you get to that phase, what's coming out and what will be coming out in testimony is information about what the government has been doing about this issue since 47. 
And obviously, a lot of people are going to go, wait a minute, you, you were doing that in 1950, or you knew that then, or you've had this program. In other words, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become common knowledge. Uh, and accepted and confirmed knowledge that, yeah, the government's been investigating and for years and years. And, yeah, we we embargoed it. And the president will have to come in and step in on that and say uh, something along the lines of, yes, I can also confirm based upon the information provided to me that, yes, we, there's been an embargo on this issue. It's been deeply classified and there's much that you simply were not told. And so now we need to start learning about that. And people will say, well, President Biden, why didn't you tell? I, I wasn't read in. I'm not the one that embargoed it. I didn't challenge it, but I didn't embargo. I wasn't read in. But it is the truth. And there will be some people living that will be asked some tough questions. Uh, and there will be a lot of people that aren't living and it's irrelevant. But, yeah, ultimately, we will have to have hearings on the whole history of the truth embargo. So one of the hearings may very well be, and this is will be this will have a, an audience it will be the roswell hearing and they'll bring in some people that can give us hard evidence in the files regarding the actual roswell event confirming the crash confirming the bodies and so forth that'll be a big day and people go wow in general people are going to say tell us everything else at some point they're going to back off. In other words, like I said, look, you know a lot. We told you a great deal. And some of this is still highly classified. We cannot really get into that now. But be patient. And and people are going to be fine with that. They're going to go, hey, look, you've confirmed the EP president. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I, I don't think people are going to be patient if they go that far. If they say, yeah, alien visitation is a reality. And then they show us some evidence that we haven't seen before, like not some blurry photos or something, but some official footage straight out of NASA that is crystal clear HD. This is this is what it is. It's here. But we're not going to tell you any more than that right now. I think I think then they're going to get a deluge of pressure from the public to say, wait a minute, you can't just show us that and then not fill us in on the rest. They will get a deluge from some of the public, but the larger public was going to be relatively, I think, uh, amenable to this. Now, keep in mind, the government's in a good position. They have so much stuff that they can always be releasing something, right? And so it's not like they're just going to shut it all down and say, okay, from here on in, we can't talk about ETs. No, they will be, there will be hearings and this and that, and information will come out. So they'll always have some bone that they can throw out there to keep people happy that they're but the idea that they're just going to dump it immediately, all of it, no, that's not going to happen. There are national security uh, factors here. But understand that once the ET presence is confirmed, this also unleashes the private sector. And so the private sector may have some things to talk about. Plus, you're going to have all kinds of programs and this and that and research developing. And it's going to be an exciting time. And so there's going to be a lot for people to take in and a lot of interesting things happening. And so the idea that, oh, no, 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 all we want is everything from the government. We want it now. No, it's just not going to way that's going to be. There will be some that will make demands that are very intense. But that's that's their it's how the general public, the overall public reacts to it that matters to the president and, and the Department of Defense. And I think they'll be able to handle this in a way the vast majority of people will be, okay, we're good, just as long as you keep... And by the way, they'll, they'll, I think the public will all say, please don't do this again. 
don't hide something from this mag- of this magnitude from us for 70 years ever again. Thank you very much. I think you'll have that. There will be reforms that will be undertaken. Uh, there may be a restructuring of uh, the U- USAP programs. Uh, who knows? But I'll tell you, most people are going to be pretty thrilled just to get the damn disclosure announcement so that the ET issue is no longer off the table. It's no longer taboo, and you can and get into it and, and study it and teach it in colleges without having people look at you funny. Right? And then, of course, you've got all the contactees who will finally be vindicated and their stories will be told and retold and there'll be movies and documentaries and they will be, I think, very popular people. They will be thrilled about it. There's so much upside after the disclosure event. I'm not concerned of about some of the logistical issues of the post-disclosure process, but I can assure you that, that there will be plenty of people like myself that, they're, they're, that my position will be, look, Unless there is a compelling reason to keep this information still withheld for a while, we need it out. Don't just slow walk to slow walk. In other words, if you've got stuff that can come out, then get it out. Right? Don't hold back appropriately uh, releasable stuff simply to keep things moving slow and other stuff like that. I mean, people have said that we're already kind of in what they call this sort of uh, drip, you know, trickle down disclosure era so kind of what you're saying is like we've we've been going through this sort of trickle down disclosure era where the tap has been just kind of dripping and dripping and dripping and then what's going to happen is when we get these hearings it's not going to be like they open it up full bore it's going to be opening it up more so that we get maybe like instead Mm of you know uh, the odd drop coming out every once in a while we get an actual steady flow of something substantial or at least more substantial than we've had so far it won't be drip 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 it'll be initially there'll be a huge amount of stuff coming forward and don't forget that there is a huge amount of information in the public domain already amassed by the citizen science researchers and activists and journalists. And the moment the ET presence is confirmed, all of that information becomes validated. And, you know, hell, I mean, you could spend a lot of time just going back through what's in the public domain. So it's not like people are going to be sitting around bored with nothing to research. So there will be... I think an, an orderly period of time, I think about two years, where uh, at the end of two years, there's very little about the ET reality that is being withheld by the government. Uh, and then, of course, uh, and, and in terms of uh, the human condition and the, and the fate of the planet, uh, probably the most important information in terms of when does it get out and so forth is the technology stuff. We've got more with Stephen Bassett and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hello, Paracast people. I'm Greg Carlwood, the host of the Higher Side Chats podcast, an uninterrupted and action-packed interview-based show where I talk to some of the brightest minds for our troubled times about all things paranormal, occult, esoteric, and conspiratorial. After 10 years, we've heard it all. Alien moon bases, archons, hollow earth, technocratic and biomedical agendas, magic, mind control, and Lovecraftian monsters. Oh my. Usually, the first hour of the show is free, and the second hour is for members who sign up for the Higher Side Chats Plus at $8 a month. But praise be, we're giving Paracast listeners two free weeks of Plus when you use the all-caps coupon code PARACAST. 
Go to thehiresidechats.com, sign up with the code PARACAST, and dive into the nearly never-ending archive of great interviews I've been lucky enough to get over the years, from David Politis to David Icke, and many, many guests not named David. Check it out. You're going to love it. All right, Jimmy, was that good? Can we use that one? When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay Wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. In terms of the technology, let's kind of look at we have this next event. We have the disclosure. And then, of course, we have that book that... Bryce Abel and Richard Dolan wrote a number of years back, A.D. after disclosure. So let's look at Stephen Bassett's 
look at the world after disclosure. We mentioned technology. Now, if there was a crashed spaceship recovered at Roswell, at this point in time, after all these years, would we have been able to reverse engineer anything, understand anything? I mean, it's like go back to 1947 and hand somebody an iPhone. But now consider an iPhone or whatever communications equivalent we have 500 years from now and whether science can figure about any of it. So the question would be then, if we have this spaceship from a race of people, hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, how could we possibly figure out what makes it tick? Yeah, what if they're only 500 years ahead of us? But uh, that's a good point. We, we, we don't know definitively how much tech has been understood from any vehicles that we've got. But there's a very strong suspicion that they figured out anti-gravity, which is a big deal in and of itself. So there's, there's a lot of evidence for that. Uh, in terms of propulsion, it's different. We've talked about this on your show before. It's much more, it's much more difficult. I say propulsion. I mean energy. Well, actually, there may be three systems here, anti-gravity, propulsion, and energy, but whatever. Energy is much harder to assess because how do you assess it? If, 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 if there's a huge craft hovering over the city with the U.S. Air Force on it, that's a pretty good indication they've got, uh, they've got anti-gravitic drive. But how do you know what the energy system? We don't know. Well, I certainly know that they would move heaven and earth to figure it out, how those craft are, uh, what energy systems are using. I'd like to think that they made progress and they may have solved it. There's also the fact that the very existence of these craft has put these, these realities in the minds of countless government scientists who, even without a craft, knowing that it's possible uh, and knowing that interstellar drive is possible, has just accelerated their research into, okay, how can we do it? And they may have made progress there. That would still be classified. And so ultimately it comes down to this. Can we afford, given the state of the planet right now and both – and politically, ecologically, can we afford to withhold massively significant technologies like that from the public any longer? And people say, well, if you bring it out, they're going to weaponize it. Well, you, 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 you bring it out in such a way that you don't weaponize it. All right, that's that's the job of, of government. Uh, yeah, well, words, wait a minute. I think that if, you know, they're going to, there's just no question about it. They're not going to keep building, you know, F-35s or whatever, or lightnings with jet yeah. motors if they can put an anti-grav drive in there and they sure. can outmaneuver everything else. I mean, it's going to happen. And maybe that's going to force their hand as well, because as soon as we start flying around that stuff, then there's going to be no question that that kind of technology exists. And if it exists and we've got it, well, why shouldn't anybody else in our local group not yeah. have it? You've raised an interesting point. One of the concerns less talked about is the fact that if, as many suspect, we're not the only country with ET craft, crash vehicles, all these years it may be that there has been a completely secret alien weaponization, uh, technolo- technology weaponization race going on that we don't even know about. Yeah, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised about, you know, this is really interesting. And I'm so glad you're coming back for after the Paracast on this, too, because you are one of the most interesting people to talk to about this subject because of your experience and all of the, the, the amount of thought that you put into this. We could be dealing with here another set of with another set of questions. I mean, aren't people going to say, OK, E.T.'s here. 
Are they friend? Are they foe? What kind of relationship do we have with them? And if there is some sort of cooperation, I mean, how do we know that maybe they won't have, you know, a mothership come down and hover over a city where all the news cameras can see it or walk an alien right out onto a press conference? I mean, I mean, what if it goes that far? I mean, that that could be pretty amazing. I mean, that would be monumental. I'll get a little out in front of our skis here. Look, what, what I meant by alien weapon, alien weapon technology race, I'm referring to different countries, several countries that are re-engineering alien-derived technology, AT-derived technology. I don't like to use the word alien. Uh, and trying to see what kind of weapons they could make. And they're secretly doing this in a race to see who can get these new weapons together, but because it's ET-derived, it's utterly secret. Everybody knows that they're trying to build better nuclear torpedoes and bombers or whatever the hell. We know that, but we, 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 are not, we do not know, and have certainly never been told, that ET technology is also being weaponized, and we don't know where the Russians are. So the sooner we find out about that, if that's true, the better. That way the people, the, the world's people, can raise their hand and say, we don't think that's a good idea. Let's, let's get some treaties signed here right away, guys. So there's that, all right? Now, let me to do, deal with the second part of what you said this way. Look, there's an endless list of ifs and what ifs uh, that will emerge quickly in the post-disclosure world. Enough to keep a lot of people awake at night for a good while and on antacids, if you're not already on antacids. Uh, and I understand that. And, and, and there's potential for a lot of concern and upset and, and uh, confusion and also political problems that would develop because we're in a new paradigm. All kinds of things are happening. I have a hunch that th- th- this will sort of get resolved in a way. A lot of these what ifs and so forth will get resolved, but not by us. Uh, I have always felt and still feel that the disclosure event is just not the end game here. That uh, based on the ET activities uh, and what we know about them, uh, that there's more here than just getting disclosure. And I think that once disclosure okay. takes place, that we're we're going to see open contact. It, it, yeah, that's really interesting. I was just going to ask you then, what do you think the end game is? I think the end game is the, the, the whole, the, the uh, let's say game, the fundamental agenda in the modern era, I can't speak for 5,000 years ago, though I've watched all the ancient aliens, and I'll probably watch them all again, um, is the, 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 the relatively advanced global civilizations of, of Earth, a global civilization of Earth, the time had come when it needed to be introduced to the larger galactic civilization uh, or near galactic civilization. Uh, in other words, it's time. We, we've gone, we're, we're spacefaring, nuclear-powered, uh, AI-developing human beings who are, all, uh, you know, is, uh, more of a, much more of a danger to ourselves than anything else. And uh, we're, we're ready. Hell, I, I wouldn't be surprised if what we learn about the galaxy pretty much mirrors what we've already got in our science fiction movies. It'll be, yeah, it's just like that. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. ETs arrive and say, what's it like out there? Well, have you watched Star Trek? Yeah, it's like that. It's it's like the agenda all along. We have an agenda to present right now. 
And then we'll be back with Stephen, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Thousands descended on Washington, D.C. Saturday to march in support of President Donald Trump and express their belief that the 2020 presidential election was rigged against him. This protester told News Nation that he didn't trust state elections officials who have said there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. And the reason why I don't trust it is simple. You need a, a license to drive a car, go fishing, hunting, everything. Marriage license. Why can't we have voter ID? I think if Donald Trump said he trusts the election, he would just be conceding, and he's not about that. Fewer Americans are expected to travel for Thanksgiving this year due to a rise in coronavirus cases. AAA says they expect at least 10% fewer people to travel for the holiday, breaking an 11-year streak of increased travel for Thanksgiving. Air travel is expected to be reduced by half, but car travel should still be popular. The Auto Club says it's expecting fewer drivers, but thinks about 48 million Americans will still hit the road for Turkey Day. This is USA Radio News. One meal delivery app is taking itself public. Kenneth Burns has the details from the USA Radio News East Coast Bureau. Delivery company DoorDash is planning to sell its stock to the public. The San Francisco-based company filed papers signaling its intent for an initial public offering Friday. The company is capitalizing on the growing trend of consumers embracing app-based deliveries as much of the world stays home during the pandemic. Last year, DoorDash generated $885 million in revenue. During the first nine months of this year, revenue more than doubled that number. It was already growing before the pandemic, but the company has lost money each year since its founding. They've warned potential investors the losses could continue as they anticipate increasing expenses. SpaceX will try again Sunday to launch its second manned spaceflight. High winds and bad weather led to Mission Control scrapping Saturday's scheduled launch, setting difficulties in landing and recovering the rocket's booster. The next window for launch will be Sunday evening around 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The flight will take three astronauts to the International Space Station. This is USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. 
colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so what's out there is what our sci-fi writers can envision. Of course, in the Star Trek universe, we make first contact in the mid-21st century after World War III when a crazed inventor named Zephyrin Cochran invents warp drive. But, of course, you've got E.T. seeing us with our nuclear weapons development and coming over. But there have been UFO sightings going back farther into the past indicating that whatever this is, its presence has been here for a long, long time. Yeah, in the star, that, that wasn't a bad Star Trek. I kind of liked that, particularly like the the guy that played, uh, I think it was Cromwell, played the scientist. It, it, first contact was an accident, right? He happened to be flying out there with warp drive and somebody saw it. I think it was that the Vulcans had their antenna up, so to speak, for the presence of warp drive by primitive civilizations yeah, fair enough. and did it. Yeah, okay, now, the enough. interesting thing here is the choice of Cromwell was a fascinating pick there because if you remember the original Star Trek series where they depicted the same character, he was a really kind of normal kind of guy. Here he was wacky, hard-drinking And obviously a much more interesting person. By the way, that was one of the better films in the series directed by number one himself, Jonathan Frakes, who has done some of the best of the TV shows. Yeah, Jonathan's a pretty sharp guy. So essentially, I've always believed that this is all heading towards uh, open contact and open contact means uh, engagement and uh, involvement in a larger galactic presence. Hopefully not like uh, Cortez uh, arriving in South America or, you know, the pilgrims arriving in North America or Pickett. I mean, uh, but uh, these are a little more advanced than those people. And and so I, I don't think it means uh, bad things. I think it means, OK, uh, it's time for you to join us. Uh, that's where this has all been going. And I believe that part of the reason that they're moving quickly on this as opposed to maybe – taking a couple of hundred years is that when a civilization arrives where we are, because the laws of physics are same all over the universe, we don't just have interstellar drive. We've got nuclear weapons. So we're, we're potentially can blow ourselves up. We're also, uh, not surprisingly, is it a highly advanced, highly populated civilization ravaging the planet. And so at the same time, it's appropriate for them to engage us, given where we're at. It's also somewhat urgent that they engage us because we're really a danger now to ourselves in so many different ways. And I think the conclusion would be that engagement with them being part of their larger picture most likely presents for us solutions to some of these problems that we simply wouldn't have otherwise. Okay. I know the duplexing's bad, so sometimes you can't hear me on your side of the connection. Sorry about that. Sorry. 
Want to jump in here with expectations. Now, of course, you mentioned contactees, and I'd like to kind of define the nature of those contacts. Are those abductions or something more full-blown where the spaceship comes down and says, hi, we're from wherever, and we wish to communicate with you? The point being here is, once there is disclosure, we assume if ET is ET, they're monitoring our communications, they would be aware of what's going on. Would that be the signal to them to come down and say, here we are, this is what happens next? Or do they remain elusive? And maybe uh, well, if they I, contact anyone, it's going to be a few people. If the, uh, they're aware of what's going on. So if we, if we disclose, if the president announces the ET presence, they're going to know it. And uh, uh, I'm saying that the reason why I say two years is it gives the planet uh, a reasonable amount of time to digest the, the new the paradigm shift. I mean, it would kind of be really nasty if we have the, you know, the president makes the announcement, yeah, there's extraterrestrials here. And then you know, two days later, they're, they're, they're calling up saying, look, we want to be on, we want to be on Nightline or whatever. Look, um, uh, no, we need to digest this. We've got 7 billion people. They're going to have to get used to being in the post-disclosure world. Two hundred and nine, five or four nations and, and sovereign states that need to make adjustments. Uh, and so I think two years is a respectable amount of time. It might be one year. And then, then when they make open contact, all right, uh, people are not going to be particularly, uh, I think, affected that much. They're not going to be – it's going to be exciting, but they're not going to panic. Now, one of the most important things with respect to that scenario is the issue of uh, abductions. Um, look – The ETs also have public relations problems here. The the Pentagon's got some huge public relations problems, a lot of politicians and so forth. I get that. So do the ETs, because ultimately disclosure leads to confirmation of contact, which means that, hey, uh, all abduction-like contact is going to be revealed, uh, or say confirmed, and uh, abduction uh, type contact. I mean, this might be a lot more complex than than what we – assume here however i mean maybe as some people think we're dealing with more than one alien presence we are. the ones that are doing the abducting might be a completely different set of uh visit- visitors than the ones who we're friends with and we and then there's uh, there's a lot of people who are going to say well you know i don't know who do we believe in this we can't just assume that everything that has been said about uh, alien visitation is now a reality because then you've got things like reptilians running the government. Uh, no, so, of course not. Pe- you know, no. people are going, we're going to want to get all, we're going to really want to separate out the signal from the noise. Of course. And you That's have to remember have to also, Stephen, that we have the multiple realities. Just as I was talking about politics, where you have a certain group of people, quite a few in this country, because they voted for one guy. And they have to be respected for their decision that believe thus and so. Then you have another group of people who voted for the guy who apparently won and they believe thus and so. So what we think and what you expect about possible visitation, some of the people who voted for the other guy in Earth, too, also believe that UFOs are demonic and a manifestation of the devil. So it's not really easy to separate all this. 
Look, the, the, the truth process is about getting the truth out. It's not about persuading people. The truth is what it is. Uh, there are people out there that don't believe in the, the relativity theory. That's okay. The, the purpose of, of developing that theory and proving it was not to convince them, but to simply prove it. What people do with the truth is another matter. But let's get back to the, the other point. Uh, one, of, one of the most important results of disclosure is that now you have a – everyone has a free license now, an institutional license, to now – let's go back and look at all of the information that had been gathered in the citizen science work, citizen science research work, and let's, 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 let's call out the weed from the chaff. Let's see and let's find out what's, uh, what work has been done that's, that's going to be useful and what's uh, not useful based upon the new information that we're gathering. Clean it up, in other words. Okay, fine. That'll be helpful. All right. And then it's about what information is coming out after disclosure. And in the contact area, there's no question. This is, this is the, you know, from the standpoint of public relations, this is probably the toughest one, not only for us, but for the ETs. Uh, the government's going to have to admit they've known about it for all these years and didn't do anything about it, uh, couldn't stop it. It's going to be awkward. But the point is, is that we're dealing with multiple species and multiple times of types of contact. It's not simple. All right. And so we need testimony along those lines. Uh, what can you tell us about the ET types? What kinds of contacts have there been? Well, witnesses will come forward and say, look, I've been abducted. Others will come forward and say, I've never been abducted, but I've been playing chess with them since, you know, since I was 12, whatever. And, of yeah. course, there are some people who might say, you know what? I gave them some pancakes because they were hungry, and they gave me some, some alien water. You never know. Or they gave me some pancakes. I'm eating alien pancakes. I took the recipe over to IHOP, and, my God, they started offering that recipe to their customers, and they started a chain. No, that's not what happened. Don't assume that I've completely kicked the bucket just partly. But we're going to talk about more of these implications and more here and on After the Paracast with Gene Randall and Stephen Yurin. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. If you or a loved one is a survivor of abuse by Boy Scouts of America representatives as far back as the 1970s, we urge you to speak up. We'll stand with you and get you the help and financial compensation you deserve. A jury in Portland, for example, awarded $18.5 million in punitive damages in one Boy Scout sexual abuse case. The Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy, and funds have been set aside to compensate those injured. Time is limited, and so are the funds. Call today. Don't wait. For free information on how to file your claim, call All Survivors Advocates right now. We have a long track record in helping our clients get the legal justice and compensation they deserve. Please, we are ready to help you. Call today. 800 364 2984. 800 364 2984. That's 800 364 2984. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, but I've actually designed Arthur Dex for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur Dex for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So then we got one more segment to do here, and Stephen Bassett will be back for further discussions on After the Paracast. Now, when it comes to abduction, Stephen, there is a faction in the UFO field who believes they represent a separate phenomenon that may not actually have anything to do with alien contact. Have you been following that at all? Hey, look, we got an awful lot of contact. He reports on abduction, lots of them. Based on that, there's ETs involved. There's a reason they're doing it, and they have an agenda. 
everyone will have their own opinion about that and the governments will have their own opinion about that. But uh, we're going to find out. And if I'm the ETs and disclosure finally takes place, I would end the certainly abduction program. I would end it for a number of reasons. You might even end up all one-on-one contact, at least for a while, and then move towards open contact, meaning contact with us as a civilization in, an, in, a, in a transparent way. But maybe not. Or it may be that it'll continue until there is open contact, and then they'll end it. But if it comes to pass that we have disclosure, and then we have open contact, and I'm sure if we did, somebody at the UN will raise their hand and say, look, it's kind of about this abduction thing. Look, uh, now that we're you know, negotiating for you know, trade deals and whatever, I appreciate if you'd stop that. And the ET say, I'm sorry, it's really important to us, and we're going to have to keep abducting you indefinitely. And that's going to be an awkward moment. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, uh, is but, there an assumption here at all that we can make that yeah. there has been communication between the governments of Earth and one or more alien races and that the subject of possible abductions is involved in those meetups? Yeah. Yeah, this is really interesting because who is going to be our ambassador? You know, are we going to say, oh, well... You know, is Greer going to claim, well, he's the galactic ambassador or is it going to be Riel from the Rielians saying, well, you know, I've been in contact with them for years and therefore, you know, he's tried to set up uh, and build an actual landing spot, I think, over in Israel someplace. And I mean, who... How are we going to handle that? Because you're going to have these people stepping up to say, well, I've been in contact with so-and-so. I'm the one who ought to be voted uh, or inaugurated as the liaison to Earth. How, I mean, how, how are we going to deal with that? Uh, these are extremely significant, complex outcomes. I assure you that the process of who is engaging with them and who is negotiating will be handled at the highest levels and that a lot of most people that think that ought to be them, forget about it, it's not going to be them. And these will be high level, <laughs> highly educated, intelligent people. Maybe how about uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? How about we make him the, the official alien liaison? Wouldn't that be something? I predict that the, the key negotiators with ETs in an open contact era are people we don't even know their names at this point. That's all kind of fun. But uh, we just touched on another area that is, uh, again, an extremely tough area. Well, it's going to take a guy like him to really convince the skeptics, right? Like if if they come down and he, I mean, he's a, he's an astronomer, he's a skeptic. He's been like, look, we need something real here. If a person like that, who the skeptics believe in, comes out and says, yes, I've been aboard their ship. Apparently, they've been here for a long time, and I was wrong you're going to have a real shift then. I mean, you've got people who still don't believe we went to the moon, even though they can go walk past a Saturn V rocket, you know, that's on display at NASA. So you're going to need somebody that can say, yeah, I've been there. I've been on the ship. They're real, that people respect. Well, again, the, the, the timeline, disclosure has taken place. The confirmation has gone worldwide. The heads of state of every major nation have, have, have confirmed it. They've, they've basically all lined up together. So we know the ETs are here. All right, fine. And we, we're going to research what we know about them already, and the government will provide some additional information, and we'll absorb all of this. And then, if I'm right about open contact, that involves direct engagement with us as a in an open way with our governments or representatives of our governments or representatives of the planet. 
How that will take place, I don't know. Will we go on their ships? I don't know. It could just be communications. It could just be by Skype, whatever. That's open contact. In other words, we're, it will be known worldwide, not guessed at, not speculation, that uh, governments are, in fact, in one form or another, separately, collectively, talking with and engaging extraterrestrials. Um, and how that'll go down, I don't know. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about it. But it's too far down the line. But it's a big deal. Now, excuse me for interrupting, but this is something you and I have discussed before. It is something that we've dealt with from time to time here in the Paracast. So let me bring it up now right here in the final segment of this episode. I raise the question here, the fact that when we look at disclosure, we're talking about something that is U.S.-centric. But if another country gets the bright idea, and we know which countries they are, to beat us to the punch as they'd like to do, maybe disclosure would play out totally different from what you expect. You know, there's there's some uh, variations here if another nation goes first, but the basic process will be the same. So if Putin were to announce it, uh, our president would move very quickly to confirm it, and then they would immediately start holding hearings. Now, that's a little awkward because, again, here you have – it's the reverse – the president has, has confirmed it, and now we hold the hearings. So that's going to be a big shock to the system. I assure you, the shock to America, if Putin were to make the call, and he doesn't need any run-up to it, he doesn't have to have any uh, committee meetings, he can just do it. The whole United States would be caught with his pants down, the president, the Congress, the DOD, everybody. And then they have two choices. They can say, no, nah, he's lying, right? He's wrong. It's not true. And of course, it's ultimately going to be proven true. That just makes it worse. Plus, once one nation does it, Putin, other nations are going to jump in. They're not going to wait. They're not going to, well, let's wait until the the U.S. says it's okay. No. So Britain jumps in, France, we'll have no choice. And it's going to be much more disruptive and shocking and embarrassing. I think that the the people inside the, the Department of Defense and the TTSA guys, as well as some of the committee chairs are talking to, I think they understand that. We've got to get this done. Uh, otherwise, it's going to go not so well. But once that is done, once the worst is over, we'll have the hearings, information will come out, and the process will generally move forward as previously discussed, though the U.S. will not get the, nearly the amount of, uh, how would you say, global accolades and appreciation. That that will go to the country that goes first. Ultimately, from the standpoint of the two-year view, meaning two years after that, where are we? Probably about the same place. But again, there's one thing that I want to mention. On the scale of public relations issues, not that probably the worst for the U.S. is if, in fact, our government has had arrangements and dealings with the ETs already and cut deals, and that those will ultimately come out from a PR standpoint that's utterly brutal and probably not containable. So uh, let's hope that's not the case. But if it is the case, it's one very good reason why the truth embargo has lasted so long. Because I don't think anybody wants to have to face up to that. But they're going to have to. The truth will out. Stephen, where do we find more of your information? ParadigmResearchGroup.org. It's all there. I've got a Facebook page. I've got a Twitter page. I think I just started an Instagram page. Yes, I think I did. All that can be kind of linked from the website. The Disclosure Wire podcast will launch very soon. And that will be you know promoted heavily. People will find out about it. That's pretty much where I'm at right now, and I look forward to more discussions with you. And uh, let's just watch the next 70 days 
and see what happens. I think you're going to see a lot of things happen. You're going to see some ET stuff related happening, too, as we get closer to the inauguration. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Facebook. Also, we have branded merchandise, T-shirts, throw pillows, all the good stuff with different logos at the Paracast shop. That's the Paracast.shop, the Paracast.shop. For more info, check out the Paracast Plus, where Stephen Bassett will be back. We'll be right back on the After the Paracast podcast to talk more about what's going on here. We also offer a version of this show free of the network ads, the entire package available for a special low price now. We cut prices 40% more. And we also offer for long-term subscriptions free coupon code for the phenomenon, the James Fox documentary with three hours of extra material. To sign up, just check out the Paracast.plus. Once again, the Paracast.plus. Stephen Bassett, fun as always. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. You're welcome, guys. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.